Hey y'all, you're listening to In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile. I'm Spun Counter Guy, thanks for stopping by. About a decade ago, a friend of mine who knew of my love for old-timey music, Latin music, and children's music introduced me to a Mexican singer who embodied all three of those attributes. That man's birth name was Francisco Salar, but he was better known as Cricri, the little singing cricket. I've always wanted to do a podcast episode on the man, and so thought, why not just have my friend who introduced me to Cricri, Grace Guerra being her name, on to let her share both her adoration for the singer and of her memories of growing up in Mexico with his songs playing all around. Okay, so when you were a little girl in Mexico, in Chiapas, there was a singer that you liked, and his name was Cricket. Or... His name was Cricri. Did I say it again? Cricri. So it was Cricri el Grillo Cantador. That means... Cricri, the singing cricket. So how do you say cricket in Spanish? Grillo? Grillito. Grillo. It's grillo. Yeah. So we would listen to him. On records back then? So we would listen to him on the radio and on TV. We would watch TV and... I remember there used to be this show that came out on Sunday nights and it was like a variety show, which are very popular. They used to have like little cartoons of him. Mm -hmm. Like I remember first it was like listening to it on the radio and a lot of the songs like my mom would sing us like Grigri is our mother goose. That's how I would explain it. What's his real name? It's obviously not Cricket. No, his real name is not Cricket, you hope. His name is Francisco Gabilondo Soler. Francisco Soler. Did he make up a character that was a Cricket? So he wrote songs, and he wrote songs under the surname of Cricri. Okay. So he was Cricri. He wasn't known by his, like... Real name. More like geared towards children. And so, I mean, that's how it started. And it was just like the song started on the radio. Mm -hmm. And then from the radio, they went into television and kind of like a variety show. What was your favorite song out of his repertoire? I think my favorite was La Patita. La Patita va corriendo y buscando en su bolsita. Centavitos para darles de comer a sus patitos. The song is about a duck. I guess a duck mother. What would that be? Mama duck. A mama duck. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Who has her little ducks. And he talks about how she has to go to the market. And she looks in her purse and she has no money because Papa Duck is disinterested irresponsible individual really and she has to now come up with a way to feed her ducks and give them shoes so that they don't go around barefooted wow that's pretty heavy for a kid song it is pretty heavy but i mean you know you didn't think about that and it just talks like about how she goes to the market and she sways back and forth and i don't know i guess it kind of resonates because we used to go to the market every saturday and so you would get your little basket and go to the market. 
So she says, sus patitos van creciendo y, tienen y no tienen zapatitos. Y su esposo es un pacto sin vergüenza y perezoso que no da nada para comer. Y la patita, pues, ¿qué va a hacer? Cuando le pidan, contestará, coman mosquitos para cuacua. <laughs> so it's, she's saying, her ducklings are growing and they don't have shoes. And her husband, he is the lazy no shame husband he gives her no money to eat so what is she gonna do so when she gets back home she'll say just eat mosquitoes para <laughs> wow i wish they'd eat more was he making a comment about some problems in mexican society at that time it sounds like it because yeah. i mean like he made one of his first songs was about an ugly doll an ugly doll yeah so what? it's like La Muñeca Fea was one of his first songs and about how this doll, she's so ugly and she's, you know, her clothes are worn out. And she's just dirty and whatever. But she's the doll. She's this little girl's doll. Oh, so she's loved. Yes. Okay. Platicaba con los ratones La pobre muñeca fea Un bracito ya se le rompió Su carita está llena de hollín I guess they were kind of social messages behind it. Hmm. And so there was one that I remember fondly in particular because it was called El Ropero de la Abuela. And it was like my grandmother's dresser. And it talked about how, you know, you she has her treasures hidden in there and you can look through her treasures and it's kind of like remembering, kind of like your grandmother. And my grandmother did have a dresser that she kept all her secrets in and all her treasures in. Right. I think we all did. Like brooches and little things like yeah. that, which to a child looks like, man, this is uh, some kind of treasure she found digging yeah. in the ground. Or... And, you know, it's like they're not necessarily valuable, but you see them and you see your grandmother only using them during special occasions and really taking care of them. And I think in the time when my grandmother grew up, you know, she definitely was a child when times were difficult during the Depression area. And they valued everything they had. I mean, everything was, like, covered up in a handkerchief, just, like, tucked away. And so I remember that was always the favorite song of ours. Siempre está junto al calor igual que tú. One thing that struck me, his noises. You know, he'd yeah. do all the noise if someone was asleep. Yes, and so he has a song where the noises are like so on point. Right. It's about a mouse. It's uh, El Raton. Uh, my, that's my el favorite raton one. Vaquero. What the heck is his house? And so the funny thing about that song is uh -huh. we did not know English. And here we are going like, what the heck? Because this and one's in Spanglish. 
What the heck is this house for a manly cowboy mouse? I love you, let me out, and don't touch me like a trout. Con que si, ya se ve que no estás a gusto allí. Y aunque hables inglés, no te dejaré salir. So he talks about like how he spits into the bucket and he, you know, he makes the spitting sound and he goes... Yeah, or something yeah. like that. So, Spitting tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the good old days when you could have chewing tobacco in a kid song. I mean, this is like our first like crossover artist. <laughs> it was Cree Cree. He was the yeah. first crossover artist. So this made it big in the U.S.? No, oh, it okay. did not. But, but I can tell you that a whole bunch of Mexican kids were sitting there going like, what the heck is this house for a manly cowboy mouse? And we had no idea what we were saying. Right. How about you let me out and don't catch me like a trout? It's about this cowboy mouse that gets caught in a trap. And he's like, hey, I speak English. Let me out. You know, like. Talking to the cat? I don't know who he was talking to, but kind (laughs) of like, you've trapped me in here. Oh, talking to the human, maybe. Yeah, maybe to the human. Like, hey, you've trapped me in here. And how about you let me out? Or I'm going to take out my guns and, like, shoot you out or stuff like that. It was just kind of crazy, but it was kind of like, I guess during the time that it came out is the infatuation with, like, Westerns. Mm -hmm. Now, Mexicans have their own version of Western movies, right? Yeah. What do they call them? Barqueras. But I think he was more going for, like, the John Wayne. Okay. Because our cowboy movies were not, like, John Wayne. They were, like... These Mexican men who wear these mariachi hats who go around singing these great mariachi songs. And it's like always like forbidden love. They fall in love with the big boss's daughter and they're just like farmhand or something like that, you know. So it wasn't John Wayne like, I'm going to take out my guns and shoot you and, up. And, and settle the argument this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and, and on the way out, I'm going to take all your gold. Right, okay. That was not it. So he talks about how the mouse has landed in the mouse trap, and he must be a gringo because he has his guns and his cowboy outfit, and he's light-skinned, and he has big feet, which, like, we know all white <laughs> I'm so people, offended. <laughs> white people do. And he always speaks English. This is where he does the sound. He, yeah, he told me. What about the man himself? What, what was his life like? I think I watched a movie about his life. He was not a singer-songwriter kind of guy. I think he, like... Couldn't find a job, so he decided to start writing these songs and then found his fame there. Well, he used to have a song about the three little pigs, Los Tres Cochinitos, Mm -hmm. and I love that because it's about three pigs, and he's talking about them going to sleep and the mom putting them to sleep, and then they start... Dreaming, and the first one dreamt that he was a king, and he had all these cakes that he ate, and then the other one was dreaming that he was in the ocean, and he was rowing, and he fell out of the bed, and he started to cry, and the youngest of the three 
who was like really sweet and enduring, he dreamt of ways that he could help his mother. So the know. third pig is the pig we need to be? We need to be, yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's just like silly. Like these are things that you dream about. Like mm-hmm. you dream about wealth and these things that you can't achieve, but... You can't be nice to mama. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, how often do we dream about like helping our parents out? I mean, how many times did you wish, did you dream about doing dishes? Uh, Not very often. Not very often. Or like mopping or like cutting the yard. (laughs) They were nightmares mostly. (laughs) (laughs) So those are things like that. Los cochinitos ya están en la cama. Muchos besitos les dio su mamá. So, another song that he had was, and I remember my mom used to sing it to us, but it was just kind of like, Negrito Sandia, Ya No Digas Picadillas, or something, I don't know, or Picardillas. So, Negrito Sandia, it's like a little black boy watermelon. So, I'm not really sure, like, how it would translate, or how it would be interpreted, but it's about a little kid who has a dirty mouth. (laughs) What?! (laughs) <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm okay. You know, as an American, when you say black boy and watermelon, you know, we get nervous. Yes, <laughs> okay. it's very like I don't know. Is it is the kid black? Is he negro? Yes, it's negrito sandia. The song is "Don't say any more dirty words, or I'm gonna tell your aunt on you, and when she's gonna grab you, and then I'll look in the drawers and jot down everything that you say, and then she's gonna beat you." <laughs> Uh, you well, know, I don't know. Maybe this is not I, the most... Maybe I take back what I said about the good old days of children's music. Well, I think it's very different because in Mexico, there is nothing... Like, there's no... The racial disparities that exist in the United States mm-hmm. do not exist in Mexico. But you have black people in Mexico, right? Of African descent? We have very little. Okay, Not so. in Mexico. I mean, you have... Black people of African descent is more prevalent, like in Cuba, in the Dominican Republic, in Costa Rica, in places like that where there was slavery. Mm -hmm. But in Mexico, I don't think slavery ever took off. So in Mexico, you mostly just have the Spanish descent and then the indigenous. The indigenous. Like Indians, okay. Yeah, but like in Mexico, there were some slaves brought over but they were treated better than the indigenous people. So the indigenous people would be kind of be on the lowest rung. Yes. Okay. So if you say Nino Negro, yeah. do you automatically think a person of African descent or do you think just someone who's a Mexican who's dark complected? I think it's more of a Mexican that's dark complected. The place where Obregón, he came from, he was from Veracruz. So in Veracruz, which is in the coast, in the east coast, there's Veracruz, Quintana Roo, Tabasco, all of those, they're darker skin. And so in the Mexican culture, like, I guess we don't really have races. Like, I think race is something that has been developed by the United States. Mm -hmm. We don't have racial tensions, but we don't have such divide because you can be Mexican and you're light-skinned. I mean, we have Mexicans that are blonde, Mm blue-eyed, and then we have Mexicans that are, their skin is black, their eyes are black, and Mm -hmm. they have black hair. So it's it's not seen. Well, can I challenge that a little bit? Uh I've watched Telemundo, and I don't see a whole lot of dark people on there. Let me compare it to this, because in Indian culture, like, 
India Indian. There is that where the light-skinned Indians are pretty much the only ones you're ever going to see on TV because they're on the upper part of the caste system, and the, the dark ones on the bottom, you know, they make up like the coolies or the untouchables. I'm not saying that in Mexico we're perfect because yeah. uh, we're not, but <laughs> because we're all living here, but <laughs> otherwise we'd all, we'd all be down there. So, but what I'm saying is that there isn't a way that it's looked at it. It's not looked as in black or white or okay. brown or whatever. It's all one race and you just have different shades so you have other things to divide you but not race yes and so when you watch like mexican television Mm -hmm. you see the actresses that are making it big they're blonde Mm blue-eyed that's just because we have this love affair with the european look Mm -hmm. the american look Mm -hmm. so if you are blonde blue-eyed then you rise to the top but it's becoming more prevalent for your Afro link features to be cherished and changing the way that we look at beauty and what we see as beauty. But the part where he's from, there's darker people, and so they they tend to be like I think about people in Mexico, and you kind of think of regions and like the coastal people. They're more joyous. They like have like really good like samba music, and they love dancing and just. So it's more of a comment of where he's come from. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. So it's not a slam. It's not a slam. Y sigue aquí el cuento tan triste de repetir de aquel negrito lindo igual a un querubín. I would say that the kids today don't know who the Smurfs are. They may not even know who Sleeping Beauty is. I mean, because it seems like in America, like it always has to be the new hot thing and that the kids don't seem to know the older music. Yeah. But I, don't, I wouldn't say it's the same with, the, with Mexicans because, uh, for example, I was DJing at a bar and I was playing all kinds of just odd old-timey music and I played a creaky song. And a guy who was clearly about 10 or 15 years younger than me came up to me and says, oh my gosh, I used to listen to this when I was a kid. My point is he's younger than you. Yeah. And then, uh, just recently, a few months ago, I was teaching my English class to Spanish speakers, and I said something about Cree Cree. Now, the Mexicans in the room automatically knew who I was talking about, and they started singing the songs. The other Spanish people, like the lady from Honduras, and um, it was I can't remember what the other person was from, Dominican Republic, I think. Yeah. No idea what I was talking about. Yeah. I think Kriki was big. I mean, it's like our grandmothers listened to them, and it was during the radio period. Mm-hmm. Like, But he's still as popular, I guess, somewhat today. Yeah, I mean, I think his songs have endured time. And I think part of it is, like, we just know, like, the little parts of it, but we don't know the whole thing of it. Oh. So, like... La patita va al mercado con rebozo. And then you're like, la, la, la. And then you forget the rest of the part where it's saying, like, she has to dig through her purse because her husband is lazy and he spends the money around town and the little ducks don't have any food. So you kind of forget. It was like such sweet songs and the lyrics were so soft. It's kind of like I can cuss you out in Spanish and I can make it sound so pretty. <laughs> Do it you now. know what I know? No. Oh, come on. No. Isn't this a rated G podcast? It's, yeah, usually, yeah. So, would you put your kids to sleep to like 
a song about an ugly doll and like how nobody likes her. Well, it's getting them ready for life. Yeah, but I guess it's what was going on around in the time, right. you know. Well, I think it, it, this is a bad thing in America. They they want to protect children from reality. This whole thing about the given participation awards and all that. El comal a la olla le dijo, cuando bruja no arrempuje. Con sus tisnes me ha estropeado ya de fijo la elegancia que yo truje. This is kind of similar, I think. Your brother was telling me that I guess he was wanting to expose y'all's nephews and nieces to some of the cartoons that he grew up with. And one that he grew up with, he said, was Speedy Gonzales. And he had realized because of political correctness, it's hard to find. I guess the, the companies have pulled them. The criticism is that it perpetuates stereotypes of Mexicans. Did you uh, see it as denigrating Mexicans? Because I never... I didn't. Because Speedy Gonzalez was the smart one. Yes, because he always got away. Yeah. And, you know, and he's like, always arriba, 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 arriba. And he <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And the only thing I can think of, yeah, because he was always shooting He was pistolas. always shooting his guns. Yeah. Maybe, Jose, instead we try to catch the Speedy Gonzalez. We should have caught Slowpoke Rodriguez, the slowest mouse in all Mexico. Slowpoke Rodriguez? He's for me! Hey, Jose, something I forgot to tell! Slowpoke Rodriguez, he packed a gun. Now he tells me. I think we overthink stuff too much now. Yeah. And if you sit down and you overthink stuff and you think of, is it politically correct, is it not... So I think when we were kids, like that doesn't come up. Leah loves this new book your, series. Your daughter. Leah, my daughter, who's eight, loves this new book series, or she did when she was in the first grade, and it was um, Skippy John Jones. It's about a Siamese cat who goes into his closet, and he, his alter ego is a chihuahua. In the book, they have these other other chihuahuas, and they go like, "Si, sí, señor," and "Cómo estás," and like, <laughs> kind of like Speedy Gonzalez. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, it's so amazing that this book is being published, and you know, it's out there and everything. But then you try to find a Speedy Gonzalez cartoon, and you no longer can. Allá en la fuente había un chorrito, se hacía grandote, se hacía chiquito. Allá en la fuente había un chorrito, se hacía grandote, se hacía chiquito. Oh, there's another song that I used to love. Just because it like brings me back to a time when I was in Mexico. So in Mexico, every Sunday after church, you would go to the big plaza. And everybody was there, market was there, people selling fruits. And there's a fountain. And the fountain is El Chorrito. Se hace grande, se hace chiquito. It's like about this fountain that like goes up and comes down and it's like really big and really small. And then here comes Aiba la hormiga con su paragua y manejándose las enaguas. And it's kind of like it's talking about this little ant that's like really like snobby and just kind of shaking it from side to side with her little umbrella the insect the ant and then it goes up high and it gets her wet and then she gets all mad because she's all wet and it kind of makes me think of like when we used to go out to town and everybody used to wear like their sunday best and you're just going around and it's like that just kind of that idea 
of this town that I grew up the, in. But also like the vanity of humans. Well, thank you for ruining it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, but yes, but it's kind of like, you know, you see, you sit there and you see these women and they're like, oh, like my umbrella and, you know, mm. like... um. So Mexicans do that too, where they go on Sundays and kind of show off what they're wearing. What they're wearing. And, mm. you know, it's the day that you go around town and you see everybody and... Do they talk bad about each other? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're still humans. All right, right. La sube y baja, baja y sube. So the, they made a movie you mentioned about his life, and it starred who? Ignacio Lopez Tarso, who's, I don't even know if he's still alive, but he was a huge actor and did a lot of novelas. And uh, Marga Lopez, who was this woman who was, she was an actress and she sang. So there was a kind of a love story involved in his life? yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like a story about his childhood, you know, growing up in Veracruz and, you know, what he wanted to do and what he could do. Mm -hmm. This is another American Western problem. They always want to destroy our heroes. You know, so like Walt Disney, they've tried. Is there that same movement? Someone tried to destroy Cree Cree? Yeah, I mean, there is the movement that he was racist. I only know about that because of what I've read preparing for this but you know it wasn't when he was alive it was like it's articles about now about like oh this is the old mexico and we want to go to the new mexico yeah. we want to go from this oppression to socialism from, well yeah. we want to go from the old oppression to the new oppression <laughs> right. i don't know <laughs> Well, that's all we got on the singing cricket for now. If you're still in the mood for either Latin music or old-timey stuff, you might give a listen to In the Corner Back by the Woodpile, episode 153, where we talk about Cuban dissident musicians, or 122, where we talk with vintage record collector and swing jazz enthusiast Randy Staley. In the Corner Back by the Woodpile, it's produced by A Closet, A Pocket, and A Suitcase. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter by looking up Spun Counter Guy. If you want to say hi or send us nasty words, you can email us at spuncounterguy at hotmail.com. And you can find this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and podbean.com. We'll see you on the flip side. Aquí está la I, la sigue la O. Una es flaca y otra gorda porque ya comió y luego hasta atrás llegó la U como la cuerda con que siempre saltas tú.